Good morning, New Beginnings family. Let's rise and let's open our hearts to our worship. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate the great things he's done in our lives. Continue to worship. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaking. 
are so faithful that I can stand here right now and say that you won't fail. In this place, because of your grace and your love, I bring you praise, Lord. I bring you an offering of praise because you are worthy. through the motions I desire your praise that you would worship me 
from the bottom of your heart, not because of what I can do for you, but because I am God and because of what I've already done for you. That's why we're here today, not because of what we're expecting him to do for us, even though we know he will, but because he is God, he is almighty, and he desires to hear you pray. Church, would you just join us one last time as we sing through? And as you sing this verse one more time, would you just make it your your praise, your unconditional praise to God who loves you? I'm caught up in your presence. Mm -hmm. I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't know. that I've made it when I should know that you are enough when I know all the things that you have done for me when I know all the things that you have done for my family and for people in this church I know that you are enough and I know that you won't fail so this morning Lord I bring you unconditional praise unconditional adoration for the things that you have done for me, that you have loved me unconditionally, that you have loved the people in this room unconditionally, in spite of and not because of who they are. For that, I give you praise and glory today. And I thank you, Lord, for the love that you have bestowed upon us. Lord, I know that there are people in this place right now that are coming to the foot of the cross with all kinds of things in their lives. Maybe they're having some medical issues. Maybe they're having financial issues. Maybe they're having marital issues. Maybe it's drugs, addiction. Maybe it's something else, Lord, in their life that is chaining them down. Today I pray freedom over them freedom that only comes through you. I pray wisdom and grace and love over them and their circumstances. Heavenly Father, that you would be with them wherever it is that they are. We pray over Pastor Richard, Heavenly Father, who just had surgery. We pray a miraculously quick healing, Lord, for your servant of God who is given years and years of his life. We know that you are with him and with his family. We pray we pray grace over Sister Cindy as I know she is worried about her husband. Heavenly Father, I pray that you be with them. I pray over this state and over this nation, Heavenly Father, that you be with us. That we are blessed enough to be to have been born in the United States of America, Heavenly Father, that we would live up to that and that we would acknowledge what a wonderful opportunity it is that that, that it is that we are here. But at the same time, Lord, we we pray over this state and over this nation, over the city, Heavenly Father. There are things out there happening that we don't understand, but we know that your power and your grace is stronger than all of that. We pray your grace and your love over them. Thank you, Lord, once again for just the opportunity and the honor of standing in your presence. In your name we pray, Lord. Thank you. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Church.
It's so good to see you guys. It's so good to see you in the house of the Lord. Would you just turn to someone and say this morning, I'm glad to see you in the house of the Lord. Welcome to New Beginnings Church. It's so good to see you. Look at you. Some of you guys, I said to say hello to somebody, and you're all talking about your conversations, what you did over the weekend, what you're going to do during the week, and what kind of car you bought. Y'all are just getting all excited about this conversation. Listen, it's so good to see you. My name is Roxy. I'm, um, it's my honor to be on your worship team. And I'm AJ Coley, and same thing. It's an honor to be on your worship team. Thank you so much for, um, for being here tonight in the, in the house of God. It's, it, I'm so glad that you guys are here. There's no better place to be on a Sunday morning. Well, we have just a, just a few announcements for you this morning. And let me just tell you, everything that we have to say is already on the app. So um, if we don't have the right dates or the right times or whatever, that's fine. Y'all can look up at the app or look on our website or look on our Facebook page. Um, first thing I want to say is that, you know, we still have a, lar a, a large amount of our church that joins us online every morning. So for those of you that are online, welcome to church. It's so good to have you. Um, we'd like to see your face every now and then, but that's okay as long as you join us in church. Amen. Let's give a round of applause for those people who join us online. Amen. You know, COVID, um, COVID was strange. It gave us all of these new technologies, and, and sometimes we got a little comfortable with those technologies. I'll tell you, I prefer the Zoom meetings myself over the in-person meetings sometimes, you know? Agreed. It's, it's just sometimes Agreed. easier. But anyway, for those people who join us online, sometimes they can't come in person for all kinds of reasons, and we're just glad that they are still participating. Amen? Definitely. Yeah. So um, tell us one thing that's going on. We have to make our announcements quicker because, you know, they're, they're telling us we take too much time up here. Exactly. Okay. Um, so we've been announcing for, I think, about a week now, uh, Meet the Pastors uh, at the end of the month, the 29th, and I believe that's next Sunday, um, right after second service. Um, come, come meet our pastoral uh, staff and our other leaders that, we, uh, that serve New Beginnings, um, Pastor Richard, Pastor Cindy, Pastor Michael, um, and even a lot of our other on-staff pastors that we have that you probably have never met before. Um, this is an opportunity to get to know who, who your pastors are. Who are your leaders? Who are you coming to see? Um, see where they came from. Um, hear a little bit about their testimony. Where, how, where New Beginnings started. What, um, what are we doing right now as a church? And what our vision is for the future. Um, in, in times to come. And then not just that, but also what does Pastor Richard do? Uh, what does Pastor Cindy and Pastor Michael do on a Thursday afternoon? What do they do on their spare time when they're not, um, when they're not here at our, at our church? Um, it's, it's an awesome opportunity to just, again, get to know your leaders, know who, you, who, uh, who is serving you while we're here. Yeah, and, and let me just tell you, it's not just a good opportunity for you to meet the pastor, but it's a good opportunity for the pastor to meet you. I'll tell you from where we're standing right now, there's lights in our face. This is where Pastor Richard stands all the time. There's lights in our face, so it's really hard to see where people are and what we, we know you're out there because we can hear figures. you. I see figures. I see figures. That's right. <laughs> but it's also important for the pastors to know who you are because they they have an amazing God-given gift to speak life into you, right? So sometimes if you walk up to the pastor and you've never met him before and you're out there and you say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me, I guarantee that Pastor Richard, Pastor Mike, AJ, myself, we will pray for you. But sometimes it's also important for them to know who you are and where you came from. So that meet the pastor's opportunity is an opportunity for you to meet the pastors, but also for the pastors to meet you. And so that you can feel like you're part of a greater church. I know you're seeing the people that you see in first service. If you normally come to first service, these are the people that you're used to. But there's, you know, people in second service 
that um, also come that you may never meet that are also per- part of your church family. And the amazing thing about the church of God is actually that it's an international family. And so it's nice for you to be able to find different ways to plug in in that way. Um, a couple of other things that are happening, just, you know, keep an eye on our apps. There's a parents' night out, I believe, that might be coming up soon. For those of you who have children who need an opportunity to take a nap without someone waking you up, this is a good chance for you to do that. Um, the Children's Church does that just to give parents an opportunity to go out and do something special. They usually try to do it around, you know, the Valentine type of uh, you know, time frame. So keep an eye on that. You can make plans. Um, but do let us know if you are going to drop off your children so that we know how many children to prepare for, how many snacks, because you Definitely. know those kids. That's right. They eat a lot. They, they, they like to chow down sometimes. And also so that we know how many staff members we can keep um, in place to, to be sure that there are enough people to take care of your kids. But a good opportunity for you to take a nap or not or, you know, something quiet or go shopping without them asking you for everything on every single Walmart shelf. That's right. An opportunity. (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Um, Another thing too, a lot of you um, people who uh, signed up for classes, uh, our Christian education classes this past semester, a lot of you have already finished or you're about to finish up. We're about to start our new semester, our next uh, spring semester here soon. Uh, We don't have signups quite yet, but that is coming soon in just a short few weeks. Um, to sign up again. Maybe there's a class that you wanted to take this uh, past semester. Now you can take it this semester. Um, and Christian education is so important, and it's awesome that we here at New Beginnings offer these because it's so important to always be connected to God's word, to God's teaching and, and direction. And we offer so many different classes. Um, we, we offer different classes about studying uh, specific books from the Bible, um, we offer discipleship, which we highly, highly encourage because that is what we are called to do as Christians and followers of Christ is to be disciples and to go make disciples. Amen. Um, so we have that and we have a young adults class ages from 18 to 25 uh, in that college age. Um, so many, so many classes to be connected, grounded into God's word and to connect uh, with your church family and other believers. All right. So many other things that are happening. I would agree with you that Christian education is the most important thing. In fact, both um, AJ and I both continue our education. We're both still learning, right? Definitely. Always. You know what? Education is a lifelong um, adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, In addition to everything we just talked about today, there are so many other things that are happening in New Beginnings Church, things for youth, things for um, married people, things for women, things for men. Please pick up your app and take a look at it to see what's going on, and I encourage you to become involved. And all of these events, they're all possible because of your faithful giving. Thank you, thank you, thank you, church, for always being so faithful in your tithes and offerings. If you um, feel like you need to drop off some tithes and offerings, there are boxes at each of the entries. You can also do it on your app. You can do it on the website. And we thank you so much for your faithful giving. Anything else? Did we miss anything? No, that's, that's it. Thank you again for being here with us this morning. Before we get started, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but is anyone visiting our church for the very first time today? Amen. Welcome, brother. Thank you. Welcome. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, There is a Get to Know Us table out at the front with uh, Sister Tressa. She's out there. If you will sign that little card, we can get you some information. also, I know all of you guys are wondering where what, what's going on with Pastor Richard. Just a quick update. Pastor Richard did have surgery. He's recovering well, from what I understand. Um, and so send love and prayer that way. Um, and, tonight, and today we have a very um, wonderful opportunity to hear from our pastor. Um, he is also your worship leader and our music director. Let's see if he's ready. I don't know. I don't know if he's ready or not. Maybe I should go check. <laughs> Here he is. He is. He's always ready. Michael, would y'all just welcome to the pulpit, Michael Romero. Good morning, my family. What's happening? No? What's happening? <laughs> y'all feeling good? Hey, man. Hey, uh, I know they gave you kind of a short... Uh, uh, update on pastor, uh, I kind of want to give a little bit more on that. 
he, he did go through uh, uh, an, uh, obviously a successful surgery, right? No news was good news, right? And so um, he did have a, a successful surgery. Uh, he, he's um, no shock to any of us. He's already walking. He, amen. He, he walked, what, uh, 75 yards yesterday. And uh, he says he's in less pain now than he was uh, before the surgery. So uh, I don't know how to take that. I'm like, that's how bad it was, uh, or that's how good they are where they were doing what they were doing. But I thank him. But uh, we've got a special message. Roll tape. Cindy and I want to let you know we want to thank you so very much for all your prayers and support that you have just poured out to us. We're here in Lubbock. Two more days. Friday morning, they take me in, and uh, they give me a new hip, and I'll be ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Guys, thank you for your love. Thank you for your prayers. Listen, I'm not going to be at the pulpit for a few weeks, but I expect you to be in the pews. I expect you to be in those chairs supporting and cheering on our pastoral staff that's bringing forth the word. I expect you to continue to be faithful in your giving and your attendance and in your service. God bless you, and we can't wait to be back in town to give each one of you a hug. I know it's, I know it's, a, I know it's a dated video. He said Friday, obviously that happened before his surgery, but if you weren't here on Wednesday and you weren't here to see our pastor and just hear his voice, it was just a little treat for you. And so I wanted to do that. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So, but thank you, pastor. I'm sure, I, I hope he's resting. If not, he's watching. And we say greetings to him and we welcome those who are watching from afar as well. And I want to thank Pastor Richard for always entrusting this platform and this pulpit to us as well uh, to fill his... Man, this is a big space right here, man. That, that's, uh, this is Richard Mansfield's spot. And it's hard to fill it. But um, we thank the Lord uh, that he has given us the ability to do that. Amen? So thank the Pastor and thank, thank the Lord for what he is doing. Uh, usually, I stay up here a little bit longer, and you'll have to excuse my voice, forgive me. Uh, I stay up a little bit longer, and I kind of catch you up on kind of what's going on in my life. The last time I was up here um, was, I think, uh, it's been a few months. Um, but uh, anyhow, I, I'm, since I'm hardly ever up here, I get to catch you guys up on kind of what's going on in my life. But uh, we've got a lot to dig through. Um, pastor, uh, the pastoral staff... Uh, at the end of fourth quarter of last year, uh, or really at the fourth quarter of every year, we get together and we, we have uh, a yearly planning meeting. And we plan out what's going to happen in the next year. And we have kind of a vision casting meeting. And uh, obviously that has grown uh, every year. It grows uh, as we add faculty staff and like uh, youth leaders and ministers and directors. And now we have Sister Jessica, Brother David, um, and now it's, you know, Pastor Richard, Pastor Cindy, and myself and I, uh, and uh, yeah, me and my twice, uh, uh, but it, it, so it's all five of us and we get together and, um, and we plan out the year and this year we planned out and we, we were talking about the burdens that we have and, um, we said, how are we going to approach next year? What is the plan? Pastor Richard, you, you, the visionary, you're the man at the helm. Pastor, where are we going this year? What are we doing? And he said, rebuild. This year we rebuild. You know, it has been a tough couple of years. It has been 2020. I remember... When 2020 came in, we all remember 2020 and what happened. But I remember building that graphic that we said, 2020, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And we're going to do the year with a vision and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then all of a sudden, we got hit 
with this global pandemic and and it's been slowly 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 coming back but when we got together at the end of last year he said one word rebuild when we were together and from that we have said we said that the year of 2023 was rebuilt now i bring that up because it's it, i want to I want to let you know that as pastor's health uh, with his hip more than anything else, right? It's his hip because his health is in great shape. Matter of fact, otherwise he wouldn't have been able to have the surgery. Um, as pastor's hip and his, it was kind of getting out of control and his pain and his appointments and the Lord was working and just the Lord was doing his thing, right? He was he was doing his thing for pastor, making these appointments just pop up and pop in, and just pop, 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 making these appointments just come in readily and just so fast. We said, okay, pastor, like, okay, you're obviously going to have these appointments. Are we going to continue this sermon series? What's going to happen, you know? Um, you're obviously going to be gone for a little bit longer than what we had anticipated or whatever. And he said, no, yeah, but the vision doesn't stop. The vision doesn't stop. We're going to continue this. And we said, amen. And so we said, all right, pastor, we're going to continue the vision. So we're going to continue not only the vision, of course, but we're going to, we, he said, I want you to also continue the sermon series. And so as he had already planned everything out, right, he had already planned everything out. We said, pastor, can we just use your stuff? <laughs> Right? And it wasn't because of that, but we want his vision. We want to use his vision. It's not for the fact that we say, Pastor, I'm lazy. I don't know how to do my sermon prep, right? Or, Pastor, you're such a control freak. Let me, con- let me. Why don't you give us the sermon you want us to preach? You know, because we're not good enough. It's not the fact. We say, no, Pastor, we're here to help you. And so, Pastor, let us, let us do that. And so he says, okay, well, here's, here's my idea with this. Run with it, son. You're, you're my guys. You're David. You're Michael. You're my preachers. You're my pastors on staff. And so that's where we're going with it. So um, I don't want to spend too much time here, but I wanted to give you an idea of where we are with it because we believe, and we're going to continue with this great series called Rebuilding Your Future. Amen. Because we believe that we must first foremost rebuild ourselves as individuals. Because if we don't rebuild ourselves as individuals, we can't rebuild our homes. Right? Those within our inner circle. Those around us. Right? Maybe it's just you at your home. Okay, well that's your home. That's fine. And if you can't rebuild that, then you can't rebuild the community. And if you can't rebuild the community and then outside from there and beyond, amen? So will you just uh, do me a favor? Will you stand as we go before the Lord in prayer? Before we get into his word, why don't we bow our heads? Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, uh, first and foremost, Lord, um, for a great um, report back from uh, our pastor. Thank you, Lord, uh, for what you're already doing uh, in, in Lubbock, Texas, Lord, uh, through the hands of the medical professionals there, Lord, and the winds and, the, and just the, the, awesome, the awesome stories, Lord, that now we're getting back from Pastor and how he's already coming through the recovery. Lord, can't wait to see that come through. Lord, now in this moment, Lord, rebuild. Rebuild us, Lord. May we dig into your word today, Lord. May we set aside everything else, Lord. And we're talking about rebuilding, Lord. Will you, will you, will you put that at the center of our heart, Lord? Will we, will we set that in the center, Lord, today, Lord, and say, Lord, rebuild my heart. And from there, Lord, let it go out, Lord, that we can rebuild, Lord, our communities, Lord. We can rebuild those around us, Lord, and further your kingdom. Heavenly Father, in Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated, church.
We're going to go through the book of Nehemiah. So because, you know, Nehemiah, everybody, well, most people know uh, the prophet Nehemiah as the prophet who rebuilt the walls. We're going to go through Nehemiah uh, chapter 2. And we're going to begin at chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, if you'll follow with me. It says, early the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year, of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city... Where my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it please the king. And if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. The king the queen, sitting beside him, asked, How long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, If it please the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I'll need it to make beams for the gates of the, uh, the temple, rather. I'll need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls, and for the house, for a house for myself. And the king granted this request because the gracious hand of God was on me. When I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letter to them. The king, I should add, had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. But when Sambalat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, heard of my arrival, they were very displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. Church, I spoke to you about rebuilding, but I want to give you a little bit of context before we get there. Right? You have to remember, this is 400 years before the birth of Jesus. Israel was in bad, bad shape. The northern kingdom had fell. Obviously, the southern kingdom had already fallen. The Babylonians had already conquered Jerusalem, and they had torn down, and they had, uh, they had um, eventually destroyed Solomon's beautiful temple, his, his glorious temple. The, most Jews had left and been deported out to Babylon. They were kicked out when the city was destroyed by the Babylonians. And about 70 years go by, they gave them the option to go back home after they had been exiled to Babylon. They were given the option. And only about 2 or 3% of about 2, 3 million people went back to Jerusalem at this time, okay? About 2 or 3%. So we're talking about 50,000 people, give or take, okay? Just a few people. Those who returned home were eventually the ones that rebuilt the temple. And that's what brings us to this point in this book of Nehemiah, where he finds out what's going on. He hears... And he is burdened what has happened in the city of his ancestors. Because at the end of the book of Ezra, about 150 years after Jerusalem was destroyed. Okay, that's when Nehemiah begins. And the city now, so about 150 years had already gone by. And the city and its walls are still destroyed. It's as if it just happened yesterday. 150 years. Years. I say that because it's important to know, because it's important to Nehemiah. Because 
we say the word was rebuilt. The king asked him, why are you so sad? I say, remember, 150 years had passed. He heard about what had happened in the city of his ancestors. And he, see, 100 years, he didn't have to be concerned one bit. Nehemiah didn't have to be concerned one bit. He was living large. What does the last line of the first chapter tell us in the book of Nehemiah? It says, in those days, I was the king's cupbearer. Now, if you don't know what a cupbearer did back in those days, he was a big man of influence. The big man of influence, he had, he had uh, first hand to the king, right? He, he wasn't the first hand to the king, but he had, he had access to the king. He was, he was the guy who would taste the food or take a drink of, of, of the wine and make sure that it wasn't poisoned to make sure that he wasn't trying to be assassinated. Uh, matter of fact, he was even an advisor at times because he was a heavily, heavily trusted person. That's who a cupbearer was in those days. He was a heavily, heavily trusted. And today, today we, we call people cupbearers or armor bearers. Those who are near a, a pastor and say, you're my cupbearer, you're my armor bearer, you're, you're that guy for me. You're a trusted brother, you're, you're that guy for me. Because that's who he is. He's near him. He's a trusted, trusted man. So he didn't have to be concerned at all, but he was burdened. He was burdened by God because it was the city of Jerusalem because he had the same heart. Look at what it tells us in the book of Psalm 137, 5 to 6. says, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget how to play the harp. May my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I fail to remember you, if I don't make Jerusalem my greatest joy. That was Nehemiah's heart. Just the same heart the psalmist had in 137. It was in his veins, it's in his DNA. It was in his veins. His love for his people. His love to be that, to see what? The temple rebuilt and see that temple thrive once again. That's what it was about. And the king says, why are you so sad? And now here we go. He cared for Nehemiah as a person. We can see that the king cared for him. He wasn't just some subservient peasant to him. He probably came in every day and said like, hey, good morning, Nehemiah. How you doing? How's the family? What did you have for breakfast this morning? He wasn't just like, bring me my wine. This guy's asking him questions. So he says, why are you so sad, man? You, you don't even look sick to me. You must be sad. Now, I love Nehemiah's response here because, and, and I know I overlapped a little bit from last week's message, but it's important to note at the beginning of chapter 1 of Nehemiah, it gives us his timeline of when he heard. And we understand that it's a four-month period that he understood, that he heard from the Lord. And for four months, he had been fasting and praying for four months. He had been fasting and he had been praying for four months saying, Lord, I'm burdened. I'm burdened. The walls of the city, the city is in disgrace. Those are his words. The city is in disgrace. Lord, I, they're, they're vulnerable. Lord, what are we to do? Right? And the king asked, and in that moment, Nehemiah seizes the opportunity because he understands that in that moment, the Lord says, here's your moment. Four months of prayer, and I have come to deliver. Here's your blank check, my guy. He goes, why are you so sad? Understanding, right, right here, months of prayer fasting, right? He makes his request, and he says, 
I love this guy. Immediately, right? First, he lets go of his fear because he's scared. He's before his king, first and foremost, a pagan king, let's not forget. He's before a pagan king who doesn't understand a loving and gracious and merciful God. But he's before a pagan king and he says, I'm deeply burdened. And he tells him what's going on. And the king says the following words. Well, how can I help you? Whoa. How can I help you in that moment? Can you imagine in that moment the amount of pressure where Nehemiah is going, wow, the four months. Lord, is it really, really happening? Four months, and you delivered to me in this way? I didn't. And he goes, he lets go of his fear. And he goes, how can I help you? And he says, immediately, this guy asked for PTO. This guy right away goes, can, let me have a vacation form. Immediately ask for some time off. Immediately. And he says, if it pleases you, and if you are happy with me, send me to Judah to rebuild. If you are happy with me, and if it pleases the king, give me some time off. You see, it's not a two-week stay this isn't a two-week gig. He wasn't going to go out there and say, I'm just going to go meet with some uh, contractors. I'm going to go bid out some jobs. I'm going to go meet with some contractors, with one general contractor, and then he'll, he'll give it to some other guys. I'll check in every Friday through email. I'll be back in a couple weeks, King. I'll be good. This guy's going to be gone for a long time. Nehemiah is going to be gone for a long time. He's asking, remember, he's asking a pagan king. See, you guys are thinking he's talking to King David just because this guy's in the Bible. This guy's asking a pagan king time off. We're talking years to rebuild walls, city, and people. Years. And he goes, mm, well, how long are you going to be gone? And he tells him, and he says, okay, I'm good with it. He says, all right, done. And I don't know about you. I'm, I'm a word picture person. You know that about me. I'm a word picture guy. And he's like sitting in front of him, and he's like, one more thing. How about some letters? How about, I'm just going to go for more. I'm going to go for more because remember, remember what we, what we read. The gracious hand of God was on me. Verse 8, the last line of verse 8. You can only do that kind of stuff when the gracious hand of God is on you. And he says, will you give me a letter to Asaph? And he's the manager of the king's forest. I'm going to need timber. If not, I'm going to have to go to furrows. Furrows didn't even exist anymore, does it? I'm aging myself. (laughs) Home Depot. Furrows. Where my old schoolers at? <laughs> I'm going to go to furrows. Hey, he says, I'm going to need a lot of timber. I'm going to need a lot of lumber, man. I'm going to need a lot of it. So I need you to write me a letter to Asaph and the guys. I'm going to need a lot of timber. And then, oh, and then I'm going to also need... Uh, I'm going to need some letters to the governors because I need a, man, I need a shortcut, king. It's a long road. 
It's a long road, so I'm going to need a shortcut. So if you can hook me up, King, with some letters, because I need to go. I, I need to take that shortcut. It'll save me a lot of time. So if you don't mind. And the king's like, done. Done. And just like that. Why? Because God can work through anyone. You see, he wasn't taking advantage. I, wanted, I want you to understand one thing. Is that when he's doing these things, he's not taking advantage of this king. What he's doing is he's using God. He's, he's sensitive to God. Because if you read the text, he says that, he prayed. He just said it. He said, we, we read it just a second ago. He said that, oh, well, I'll just go back to it. That way I don't misquote him. He said, with prayer, if it please the king. I, he said, uh, the king. With a prayer to God of heaven in chapter 4. The king asked, how can I help you? He said, with a prayer God of heaven, to God of heaven. With a prayer to God of heaven. And you have to understand this. I'm sure he didn't say, how can I help you? Hold on. Let me pray about it, brother. He didn't speak Christianese in that moment. He had been praying for four months. He was well in tune with the Father. Hey, if you're not writing, there's a ton of notes here to be taken. Because if you're trying to rebuild, you got to be in tune with the Father. Those changes that you need to be making, you know, those dreams that you're trying to build in your life, you got to be in tune with the Father. What are you praying for? How long have you been praying? Are you praying for a week? Are you praying for like a day? And then you see a duck cross the road and then you're like, that's my sign. There's the sign. No. This guy's been praying for four months. The king says, how can I help? He says, with a prayer to God. And he goes, okay, with a prayer. And that just means he goes, okay, God, use me as the vessel. I'm here. What do I say? Because I don't know what to say. This is your plan, not mine. You just gave me the burden. I don't know what to do. I'm not a lumberjack. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. And he gives them the plan. Amen? It wasn't taken advantage of the king. He showed honor and respect to the king by inviting the king to participate in such worthy work. He was, he was very, very very quick to respond because he just allowed the Lord to work through him. This was a pagan king. The king he used the king's influence. That was his second request. The second request was the king's influence. The first request was, well, of course, his PTO. The second one was his influence. This is a pagan king's influence. You understand that you and I can't do any of this alone? You understand that we, we, and we, New Beginnings, how many times you and I have, there, there have been, there have been some other, some other Christians that, are not happy, I'll say. I'm trying to be very diplomatic about this because I usually am not. <laughs> if you know me well enough, but I'm trying to be. That they're not happy that we partner with, with people that are either conservative or progressive on either side of the aisles because we do work in the community and we work together with